What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 147, and it is Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me, as always, is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, everybody? Yes, uh, this is our end-of-the-year show, our final show of 2018, and we're going to get into all of our top fives of the year. And uh, we're going to talk about our favorite wrestling matches, movies, comics, uh, TV, um, and uh, and some other stuff, too. And uh, we got Kyle and Furman joining us on the group chat. Yep. Yeah, what's going on, fellas? So, yeah, man, we've got a very interesting show ahead of ahead of y'all. So, Carl, uh, what's, what's going on as you're sharing the episode well, while I'm doing that, I'm definitely giving a shout out to our sponsor, Studio Headphones. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if you want some, if you want some affordable, you know, fashionable, and high quality headphones, all you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. Great gift for the holidays, and of course, free shipping in the USA. You notice how I plug that in during the raw thread. <laughs> Yes, you did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Raw. Uh, oh, Furman has a list. I top, saw him. Fuck him. <laughs> top five Carl fuck-ups. <laughs> I didn't make the playoffs of my fantasy league. <laughs> well, that's one. Oh, speak, oh speaking of football. Um, did, oh, I knew it. All right, did, yes. Did, okay. Did, did you okay. enjoy Sunday's game? No, the, I did not. The Cowboys it was completely awful. Yeah, it, it, it was awful. It was, it was, it was hilarious. It was awful, awful yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did not show up to play. We were still on that high from when we beat the when we beat the Eagles last week. But mm-hmm. you know, I wallowed. It's in the past now. Now it's time to just move on to Tampa Bay. Yeah, we did not show up. We did not show up at all. But you know what? Yeah, that's what happens yeah. when you're feeling yourselves too much. It happens. Trust me. Yeah, it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. Not even just football fans. It just happens to people in general. <laughs> Oh, Kyle says, uh, those headphones, the studio headphones, will bring you as many complaints as the Cowboys scored points. That's right. It'll bring you no zero. complaints. <laughs> oh, yeah, zero. <laughs> I just got to take it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, that's all it is, and just move on. Yep. But we have not had a blowout since 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's something. That's something. Uh, I mean... And let's talk about the many blowouts that the Patriots have always had. Oh, of course. I mean, but, you know, they don't acknowledge anything before Brady. Oh, that's true. Yeah. The team didn't exist before 2001. (laughs) (laughs) To them, but. Yeah. You know, Patriots fans are the worst, as we know. Yeah. I I, I got a video I got to play for you later on. (laughs) Yeah. You got to remind me after the show. I think you'll enjoy it. Oh, okay. But um, I did not write anything. That I've been up to as far as like the comics I've been reading. Yeah. Cause one thing that I've really been up to is Christmas shopping. Yeah. Was Into the Spider Verse. Yes. Yes, let's talk about it. That movie was fucking insane. Yes, it was. Like I thoroughly enjoyed it. As did I. Yeah. We're going to get to a non spoiler. Review? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do a non-spoiler because yeah. it just came out last week. Oh shit, Aquaman comes out this week. Oh yeah, Aqu- what you call it, Aquaconda? Yeah, Aquaconda Forever, <laughs> coming out on Friday. 
But yeah, man. It's a job movie. <laughs> but I keep hearing good reviews about it. Yeah, I've heard some decent stuff about it. I mean, James Wan is a good is a good filmmaker, so uh, um, I'll, I'll give it a fair shot. You know, after some other movies, I want to check out first. Um, but yeah, man, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. I came into that theater like with with reasonable expectations. I mean, I, I was very they were low. Well, they weren't low, but I was very surprised that um, that it got as high as ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. At the time I went in, and I'm like, wow, okay, there must be something to this movie. So I sat down, watched it, and as it unfolded, uh, I just felt so much joy and exhilaration. I did. As did I. This was probably the best, well, it's definitely the best Marvel animated movie ever. I'd say so, yeah, by a country mile, no question. I can't even think, yeah, I can't even think of any, like, real good ones. Yeah, like uh, with um, yeah, with Marvel. I mean, with Marvel, their their animated features are are forgettable at best. Yeah. DC kills it most of the time, but Into the Spider Verse, this man, it's got it. Like the just the like the animation alone, it was like its own special type of animation. Yeah, and then at the, what I got from it too is like, it's like a superhero hip hop movie. Mm. With the soundtrack and all that, and just like the way like Miles was, he's like you know wearing the Jordans with his with his uh, Spider Man gear, yeah, just like yo, I really just had that like hip hop feel to it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you said and like you said, like, the animation style was so dope because it was literally like watching a comic book come to life before yes. our eyes, and not just one of those motion comics where it's just like still images moving up and down and you hear dialogue. No, it's like. Watching these these uh these characters literally just live and breathe off the page. Like I heard, it took like maybe a week Mm -hmm. just to get like one second perfect. Man, I I believe it because like I heard I heard one of the techniques they did why has why uh, Into the Spider Verse has such a distinct look was that they had uh, the 3D animation, and then they drew over the 3D animation with traditional 2D and combined it. And then if you plus they added that comic book filter where you where you see the image up close and those those you see those Kirby dots yeah yeah so that that added to the total like effect. there was just so many I'm trying not to get into spoilers but it's like because I want I like I highly recommend like everybody see this oh yeah Shamik Moore is a great Miles Morales he was he was I mean it was like at times I literally forgot it was Shamik Moore doing his voice. Yep. And then I had to like look up his other voice, like look up, you know, everybody else who played the voices and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then not to mention like the, all the other characters that they brought in. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah Spider Ham and um, Penny Parker yep. coming in. Two different types of animation styles. Yeah. One and one being Aunt Penny Parker being anime and then um, Spider Ham just being, you know, extra cartoony. But remember, mm-hmm. it's different, it's different universes coming into one. So yeah, it's yeah. gonna like, yeah, it kind of contrasted a little bit oh yeah and then you had a uh, spider noir spider-man noir with played by nicholas nicholas cage, cage yeah. which i thought nicholas was cage is a huge comic book guy oh yeah he is like, like he owns a copy of action comics number one. Oh, i believe it yeah yeah and then it got stolen oh damn but i think he ended up getting it back so i remember seeing an article i have to like revisit that oh that's cool yeah he was this close to playing superman in the 90s <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and then he had a uh, spider gwen which was pretty dope he a voice by Haley Steinfeld. Yep. Like it just seemed like yeah, it was just. It, I like I 
I literally left with joy. I did too. And and also uh, the post credit scene, which I won't get any details. That was man. Hard. That was that had me rolling. <laughs> but there's only one thing I'm saying. Them Stanley cameos are gonna hit you. Oh man, I felt it. I was like, oh man. I, I had to salute the screen as soon as I saw him. I was like, like I just did. It. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it was, it was much more than a cameo. Yeah. But then, but from, but then they actually they always had that like planned out. Mm-hmm. So, but so then like now that he's passed away, they said it was much more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna get into what he did, but it's like. When that sip, I'm just gonna say, I'm just we're giving y'all a warning. Mm-hmm. When that hit, my cameo hit you. Yeah, it hit you. Oh yeah, it was genuinely emotional. Uh, as was like the the storyline. It has some serious emotional beats, especially with some characters that was Dude, surprised when they, by. Uh, see, I'm uh, getting to yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Stop, thank you. Stop. Yeah, like you'll like you'll know them when you see them. Like the like the film is surprisingly emotional in parts. Um, the story it's extremely well written too. Did you? I did not. Okay. I did not. But uh, but I felt it though. I felt God it. God damn it! That's <laughs> close. But close. you didn't do it, but it's yeah. But yeah, Spider Man into the Spider Verse definitely uh, one of the best films of the year. Not just not just one of the best comic book films of the year, but one of the best films of the year. Period. Um, and you know, I, I was thinking about it over the weekend, and I gotta say, Into the Spider Verse has replaced Spider Man Two as my undisputed favorite Spider Man film. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's that good, people. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 used to be my favorite. Now it's Into the Spider-Man. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> if you carry the initials DC, you suck. <laughs> Carolina <laughs> lost two this week. Uh, I see what it you did It was a good there. one. It was a good one, though. It was a good one. I see what you did there, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Don't you laugh at that, you asshole. I mean, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, Carl, you, you are the uh, Skip Bayless of this podcast. Like, you will root for the Cowboys no matter what. Yeah, but I'm not a Brady supporter, though. Oh, though that's true. Which, which, which means you are a reasonable person because they lost to. Oh, good. Who do you lose against? They lost against. Oh, they lost against Pittsburgh. <laughs> your <laughs> nice. favorite YouTuber's favorite team. Oh yeah, Chisel Adonis. Uh, he's a Steelers. Is he fan. your favorite YouTuber? No, he's not. He's not. He's not my favorite YouTuber. You enjoy his content. I don't yeah. think I even have a favorite YouTuber. Yeah, you know, I don't either. Like, I got channels that I like. Yeah, uh, and I subscribe to like Up, Up, Down, Down, mm-hmm. which I'm kind of slacking in a bit, but yeah, but but yeah, man. Um, but yeah, uh, unlike the Dallas Cowboys this past Shit, Sunday, guys. Into the Spider Verse will not disappoint you. You will leave happy. And you will encourage all your friends if to go see it. If only we was able to get into a spoiler review and get to a full spoilers, but yeah. But like I said, I will be adding it to the collection. And if there's a steel book, I will get it. Does it have to be? Does it always have to be steel book? I prefer it. I mean, it's just you know, it's the it's the fanciest of packages. Damn, you actually owned it. <laughs> <laughs> you actually owned it. Um, yes. Let me see. Have I been reading comics? Most of the ones that I've been already uh, reading, I actually like, haven't been reading as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm playing catch up right now because Killmonger Two already came out. Nice. So I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta like rush through so much stuff. Like, um. The, well, some of my top ca- top five comics are already in there. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, I got a shitload to catch up with. Oh, yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Like, uh, now that I'm on... Win- not, not as much as you do. Oh, yeah. yeah like, now that I'm on winter break, I got a, f- I got a bunch to catch up on, but I will. Yeah, I think I need to get back to freaking... Um, you got and oh my uh, Arkham series because Resident Evil Two is coming out next month. Oh, yes. Onimusha, I think the remake of Onimusha is supposed to be coming out next month too. Um, is it a is it a full on remake or is it just a port? I think it's a port of the PS2 game. I think. I'll take it anyways. That was my first PS2 game. Yeah, I'll take it too. Like I mean, that was such a great game. It was. It was. I actually have Onimusha Two for the PS2. That's right. You kept your. Well, I actually still have my PS2s. Yeah, it's my dad's, but because mm-hmm. you don't throw away nothing. Yeah, Onimusha three, I do want to get again because that game was fun. That was I my... never played three. Honestly, only the first one was the only one I played. Oh uh, yeah, part three is my favorite. Yeah, you get you got to play as two different characters, as uh, Semenosuke and um, uh, the actor Jean Reno. He was in the Professional. Leon. Yeah, Leon. <laughs> Such a good name. Yeah, it was a dope game. <laughs> Hey. Brian, Lo- well, apparently Brian Loves is Mark Henry's favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh man, I maybe so, maybe no, but mm. like I said, well, I've always say this: just check out the UWO and you see why they're such a good. Oh yeah, yes. The philosophical yeah. Brian Lopes. Yes. The angry fan Eddie Ortiz, and then the hater himself, Kyle Chapman. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and um. And uh, if uh, this past Raw was any ind- indication, you'll be seeing a lot of shovels coming out uh, in this week's episode of UWO. See, here's the thing with that. Here's the thing with that. Because y'all y'all went too hard on it. Did we? Y- yeah, y'all did. Because, okay, they just announced it mm-hmm. that, okay, changes are going to be made. They made it like a starter. But, okay, they started announcing that, you know, People are coming in, you know, people are getting called up. People are, you know, people are coming back from injury and stuff. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania season's getting ready to start again. So it's like, give it a chance. Well, I mean, no, number one, giving the track record, I mean, the big announcement on Raw was, oh, uh, we hear you. And so uh, all four of us McMahons are going st- to run Raw and SmackDown. Okay, but guess what? They already run Raw and SmackDown. Guess what? We don't have to deal with Baron Corbin as much. Which is cool, but uh, the only thing good about him is his song. <laughs> yeah, I was like I said, take his song, give it to a better wrestler, and then give Car- Baron Corbin his release. No, because I don't want anybody else to have that Baron Corbin stink because that <laughs> song is a is originally in, associated with Baron Corbin. Just lead a song. Just I keep it on my Spotify. <laughs> I turn up to it, and then that's it. Now, tonight I'm going Thanos. I'm the authority. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't. Oh, yeah, and then some new trailer. Well, a new trailer came out today. Oh yeah, for you didn't see it? No, which yeah, it shows how much you pay attention to our Facebook page. Uh, is it Hellboy. For... Hellboy. Ah, yes, that was released today. Okay. Okay. What do you think about it? Meh. Um. You. You. Have to like because I never really saw the the first few the first um Hellboys, but it's like you could tell like Ron Perlman's still in our hearts by the way like all the reactions that I seen that I've been getting from it. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm like okay, David Harbor he looks a little different. He has his own his own like Hellboy identity. It's one of those things like you just kind of have to see it to like really embrace it. Yeah, 
You know, you can't really just go by. You can't really go by the trailer. Mm. Yeah. And then Will Smith done pissed off the internet today. Entertainment oh, Weekly did. I saw the photos. Yeah. So today on Twitter, all over social media, um, Entertainment Weekly posted uh, uh, brand new photos of the live action Aladdin movie starring Will Smith as the genie in human form. Yeah. Yeah, they roasted the shit out of it. But they they say that that's just the genie in his human form. Yeah. So there's going to be, he's actually going to be in CGI most of the time. So why not release that footage? You know, I saw it. I wasn't offended by it at all. I was like, eh, okay. Do you, yeah, you know what it is? Aladdin's going to be the minor hit. Mm-hmm. And then Lion King's just going to come and just take that bitch over. Will it though? Yeah. Yeah, I guarantee. I'm pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. And uh, oh, it is. Everybody's living off that. No, they're gonna be. They're working on a Lilo and Stitch movie after this. Oh, great. Yeah, they. I'm not sure what that new Sonic is gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be weird as fuck. I know that. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose if we if we have a Detective Pikachu movie with Ryan Reynolds in the role, then... something tells me that that's gonna be a hit too. Oh, yeah. Then it's going to be an underrated hit. I'm sure. I mean, a- anything's up for grabs. I mean, I, I'd, 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 much pref- I'd much rather prefer Disney remake remake some of their more underrated catalog. Gargoyles. And let Marvel do it. Gargoyles, for one. And have Keith David still do the voice of Goliath. Oh, he could Change everybody else. I don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or... um. Uh, Atlantis. I like to see a live action Atlantis, The Lost oh, Empire. Oh, coming. Yeah, because that because that, that the original was actually quite underrated. It it didn't get a fair shake because of Disney themselves because they wanted to transition fully to to three D animation. So they were just like burning off their two D catalog. And Treasure Planet also suffered because of it. So if those two movies can get live action remakes that are done properly, get their just due, I'd be for those. Speaking of which, with two D, Disney kind of had a downfall after Lion King. No. You really think about it. Like, Hunchback was cool. I probably was into it a lot because I was in the play in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, a lot of them just aren't really memorable. Tarzan. Yeah, well, I mean, they were very popular in the 90s. Tarzan, Hercules, Mulan. I did not like Hercules. Mulan, they're doing a, they're doing a remake of that one. I know that for sure. Yep. Then it kind of, then it uh, started to decline with uh, Atlantis, uh, mostly because of Disney's handling. Treasure Planet, and then Brother Bear in 2003, which kind of... I literally forgot about Brother Bear. Yeah. <laughs> the, there you go. So, yeah. So, uh, so there was that. Yeah, but even Jen. First of all, hi, Jen. I always do that to her in the, <laughs> in the wrestling group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tarzan soundtrack was great. Every, yeah, she said everything after Lion King is trash. Yeah, uh, that's, what they, that's what they peaked. I disagree. I mean, to say that it's trash is really cut, really selling them short, way short. I mean, Mulan is Mulan is a very good film. Um, Hunchback was very good as well. Um, uh, I didn't get a chance to see much of Tarzan or Hercules. They were they weren't really memorable. That's nah, that's arguable. I mean, I would say they're not they're not as, they're not as talked about as as your Lion Kings and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin, but they're I would I, I'm sure they're they're quality films in their own right. To varying degrees, but I wouldn't say that they're trash. I just say I'm just saying that they're they just weren't really memorable. All right, fair enough. Like they're not conversation style. Like if you remember, like years ago, with 
when we had we had we went into a full blown debate. Mm-hmm. All of us at Nantasica Beach about which was the best uh, Disney movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah we were. None of those post Lion King movies were up for dis- were even like mentioned. Yeah, because you guys po- you guys kept it around three movies: uh, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, and The Lion King. And which one did win? I think it was, it was Lion King. You damn straight it was Lion King. I mean, I had, had a couple of haters talking about Beauty and the Beast, but I'm like, nope. I wasn't really involved in the debate. I just listened to watch y'all. You was there. I'm, I was there, but I just watched you guys just like yelling and carrying on in, in the middle of a restaurant. Yeah, we <laughs> That's us. Uh, that's us. We yeah, have fun. Yeah, that's y'all. Jennifer Romanoff says Frozen was softcore porn. What? I actually never saw Frozen. I saw Frozen. Like, I saw bits and pieces of it, because we'll play it for, like, my clients and stuff, for the ones who are still, like, mentally young. Mm-hmm. But, like, I never arrived. Roger Rabbit is actually GOAT. She's got an argument there. Roger Rabbit is is the GOAT. Um, Frozen was Frozen was really good, actually. I heard Frozen was big. Well, according to um, Honest Trailers, it was basically Lion King again. Ah, oh, fuck Honest Trailers. I don't watch them. I, 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 I haven't watched them in a long time, but it's like, but the way they explained the plot, it was like, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I don't take Otis trailers seriously, to be honest. It's not meant to be taken seriously. No, but it's just but, jokes. But a lot of people do, and um, and people people watch those, watch their honest trailers, and go, well, I'm gonna base my opinions on what I see in, in whatever they present. Well, but then they 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 bring up like points that pe- that you know. We miss, especially like as a young child. Like, of course, you know the whole who said who's like in the Lion King when they brought up who's uh things who's um Nala's father, and it was like, wow, never thought about that. But then if you really look at like, if you learn about lions, like sometimes they lions will mate with multiple, mm-hmm. multiple like lioness and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole nother. Yeah. God, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't even know where we... St- oh, the whole thing in the Aladdin movie. Um, but listen, I really am predicting that um, Aladdin's going to be like the setup. Mm-hmm. And then Lion King is just going to come and it's just it's going to be better than what we saw. Yeah, in the, in the teaser trailer? Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to go out of, my, out of my way to watch that. Lion King? No. Nah. Or Aladdin, really. For that matter, I'll probably I'll I'll red box them, but to go to, to the theater, you, no. Watch you see how much of a hit it is, and be like, you know what? Okay, then I'll give it a shot. But yeah, Aladdin, I wouldn't be Aladdin's. You know, whatever. Like yeah. I'm still gonna go see it because Aladdin was a big part of my childhood. Mm-hmm. But where the fuck's Iago though? I have no idea. They showed him in the tra- in the trailer just flying, mm-hmm. but then like I looked at the castle, there was no Iago. Yeah, they're probably saving him and the tiger. You know, the tiger one. They, you don't really. The tiger wasn't that significant of a character. Like the tiger was just there. Yeah, but Iago was more significant. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's playing Iago? There's no Iago in the movie. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> but if they do, it's got to be Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Dude, I remember we even watching Return, like the Aladdin cartoon came out. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why is Iago the good guy? Then Return of the Jafar came out. I'm like, yeah, Disney, you messed up on that one. Yeah. Th- those straight-to-video sequels, 
Return of Jafar was good. I thought Jafar looked like a cool genie. Like an evil genie. Mm-hmm. I mean... Like, he had a cool look. I enjoyed it, Return of Jafar. Prince of Thieves, I Robin Williams made that. Mm-hmm. And that was the entire highlight of the whole movie. Of course. Like, I don't remember nothing else of Prince of Thieves. Yeah. Except that they need to remake Pocahontas. Well, first, I would say with a remake of Pocahontas, uh, well, take take it away from Disney. Disney doesn't need to touch Pocahontas again. Have another studio take a crack at that story, but make it historically accurate. That will be the darkest shit ever. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. That's why you're freaking sick, Martin. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, shout out to Kilman Burgos. He chimed in on the chat. Happy holidays, man. Great having you last week. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah, big ups, man. Um, But yeah, if you wanted to see a live action Pocahontas movie, um, I would recommend watching Terrence Malick's The New World. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, the New World is a beautiful looking film. It's it's more of a it's more of a, a visual poetry, a tone poem. So it's like a kind of explores the, the the story of Pocahontas and John Smith and John Rolfe. Um, How old was Pocahontas in the movie? Uh, she was 16, 15. Historically inaccurate. That girl, that little girl, was like twelve. Oh, there you go. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not saying the New World is is accurate. The New World is not. An accurate portrayal of history, but it was is presented as more of like a visual tone poem, you know, more than anything in in, in Terrence Malick style. But yeah. but but besides that, I mean, if you're gonna do a, a real Pocahontas movie, go go all in. I can't do that. Go all in. Make that shit violent and depressing. <laughs> Give people what they want. No, that's giving your your miserable ass what you want. We want education. Speaking of education, it's so funny that you said that. Jennifer Romanoff on the story says, funny story, I based my pa- my history paper on Pocahontas, failed that class. Well, you see, that's why we need a live action we accurate Pocahontas kids. movie. We didn't know better. Oh, that's no excuse. We were kids. Like, that, Pocahontas is out with... That's no excuse because you have plenty of grown folks saying the same thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, anyways, you ready to get into your top fives? Yes. Yes, I am. Who wants to start? Uh, let's start with wrestling matches. You want to get that out the way? Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to. St- I mean, it's the first one on my list. So <laughs> All right, it's please. on my first page, anyway. So, yeah. um, so how you want to do this? But um, yeah, you know, you brought it up. You go ahead. All right. So yeah, uh, top five wrestling matches of five this through, year. Five through one. Five through one. Kind of. Um, man, I gotta tell you, man, this year has been uh just ridiculous in the terms of the wrestling quality yeah yeah like um you we were just spoiled rotten as wrestling fans so it, it was tough narrowing it down to five but um i'll start off with number five on my list which is uh johnny gargano versus Tommaso champa part one nxt takeover the unsanctioned match in uh wrestlemania weekend april 7th in which uh i agree i remember yeah. watching that match yeah, like into it. Oh, and I end up having to, I end up like missing like the last five minutes because of something I won't discuss. <laughs> something I won't put on the show, but it yeah. was it was whack the way I had to like cut out the last like the very end of the show. But yeah, I, I okay, I, I highly recommend. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh yeah, just pure wrestling storytelling at its finest. Um, uh, 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 Champa was the uber heel. Came out to no music, just chance of fuck, fuck you, you Champa. Champa. 
Um, uh, Johnny Gargano, the the brave baby face going in, a- excellent back and forth. Of it was an unsanctioned match, so it was no disqualification as well. At the end, uh, Champa tried to beg for mercy, uh, and then uh, he tried to hit Gargano with the with his with his uh, leg brace. Gargano countered it, put him in a Gargano escape, like just clutching his face with the with the leg brace. Champa tapped out, and it was like the big feel good baby face win. Excellent match. One thing I do remember that from that match too. Champa, I mean not Champa, Gargano dressed up as Captain America. Mm-hmm. While Champa dressed up as Thanos. Yes. Just yeah. added, just added more to it, man. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. I'll give you that one. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right, go ahead. Number four. Uh number four is uh uh Okada. Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom 12, the main event for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, that wrestling match was five stars. It was a work of art. Like seeing uh, Naito and Okada going back and forth. Like I fully expected Naito to, to win the match, but Okada hit him with that Rainmaker uh, signature, uh, pinned him one, two, three in a solid uh, back and forth, a contest of wills and grit. Uh, Naito came up short, but there was victory in defeat. Uh, Naito uh, had pretty much in the best match I've seen him in. Uh, Okada still continued his reign as the longest reigning uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, approaching the two-year mark, uh, which he would lose against Kenny Omega uh, last June. But man, bang! If you're if you're looking for like solid wrestling story, so, so solid wrestling action. Uh, the art of professional wrestling. Watch Okada versus Naito Wrestle Kingdom 12 this past January. All right, number three. Uh, number three is uh, another Wrestle Kingdom match: uh, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. You son of a bitch! But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, like um, this the the hype behind this match uh, prior to uh, was was incredible. Um, Jericho and uh, Omega just talking smack to each other. I think Jericho jumped. Omega at one point in one of the one of the New Japan conferences, so they finally had their match. It was no disqualification for the IWGP US title. Damn, there were so many good spots in this match. Um, high risk maneuvers outside of the ring. Um, uh, Jericho hitting him with the code breaker. Uh, Kenny Omega with multiple V triggers um, that you can't escape. Rolling uh, uh, fireman's carry, and then. Kenny Omega has one of the best signature moves I've seen, the one-winged angel. Yeah. Put him the electric chair into like a like a Death Valley driver pinning combination. Awesome match. Uh Omega got the huge W. Uh Jericho shows why he is truly the, the GOAT. GOAT. Yeah. At 47. Yeah, 47, man. Yeah, he's he's Suck it, Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how you reinvent yourself and stay relevant. So yeah, Omega Jericho definitely one you should check out. Uh, number two, uh, my my second favorite, my, my number two match is uh, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair at uh, WWE Evolution SmackDown Women's Championship Last Woman Standing match. Wow, definitely hands down the best women's match I've seen all year and uh, possibly ever. Possibly, you know, I won't argue with that. Possibly ever. Like, Becky Lynch is the man, the last kicker. Flair uh, is, you know, she's going to be a future 16, 17-time women's champion. Uh, she's already eight times, halfway there. 
But yo, this match went all all around the Nassau Coliseum. Weapons, ladders, chairs, you name it. Beans, <laughs> beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> but let me but let me let me ask you this because this was brought up on another podcast I listened to. Um, yeah. I probably want to see. I want to say it was Jabba's. He was either Jabba Tears or Stone Cold uh, Stone Cold's podcast. Do you think that Charlotte asked finally like walked out of her father's shadow? I think so. Yeah. At this point, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I believe so, yeah, because I think Charlotte Flair, like, I've always said that even if Flair wasn't related to, even if she wasn't Ric Flair's daughter, like, and she was still wrestling the exact same way she does now, like, she'd be one of the best, regarded as one of the best, and rightfully so. So I think Charlotte Flair definitely has has come into her own. Uh, this match is further confirmation of that. Even though Becky Lynch uh, powerbombed Flair off the apron through a table to win, uh, the last women standing match. Oh man, these women gave it their all. This was one hell of of a of a of a match, a main event, and Becky Lynch shows why she is the man. Yeah, definitely. Nick Thomas says, "Now nah, I think Be- I think Bailey and Sasha take over the match. Got to be up there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That it, it could either be neck and neck or a sol- or a solid number two. I agree. Yeah." Like uh, both of their both Sasha and Bailey's matches from 2015, the Brooklyn match and the and the Iron Woman match, are very close in quality. I really enjoyed the Iron Woman match. Yeah, and then Sasha just kind of fell off right there because she's botching left and right. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to it. You're number one. Um, my number one match of 2018, uh, all the way back in January, Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano, NXT Takeover, for the NXT Championship. Man, oh my gosh. Andrade C and Almas, yo, I gotta give him the, the golf Wait, clap. Andrade against who? Uh Johnny Gargano. Oh yeah. 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 That that was that 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 earned its five stars from Dave Meltzer and with good reason. It was solid again, solid wrestling storytelling. I was fully behind Gargano to win finally the NXT championship, but Zelina Vega dastardly uh heel antics. Did the head scissors, uh, took down Gargano, distracted him. At the end, uh, Andrade Cien Almas with a hard-fought contest hit him with the hammerlock DDT for the 1-2-3. But uh, this goes to show why Andrade Cien Almas uh, was was one of the biggest success stories of last year, 2017. Because when you think about it, he was going nowhere until he paired him up with Selena Vega. And since they since since they hooked up, he was just like found something that worked. Yeah. Found something that worked. Just winning matches left and right, building up his stock, developing his character, developing coming into his home more comfortably as a heel, and securing the NXT Championship. And this match, yo man, I was I was heated when when uh, Almas won, but I was still very happy to see this match because these two athletes are our are, are, are main event caliber talents. I, I think Gargano is one of the MVPs in professional wrestling this year. Um, even though... I, I oh, wouldn't yeah. argue. Oh, yeah. And and, ev- and even though SmackDown is, and specifically Vince McMahon, is not doing anything with uh, with uh, Almas at this point, um, I hope I hope that with this so-called shakeup that the McMahons are, are, are peddling to us. I hope that includes Almas being built as a bona fide main event star or upper mid-card at the very least because Almas is is too good to be floundering in even, in even the mid-card or undercard. You can do way more with him, and this match shows that. So Almas, Gargano, takeover from January 27th. Damn, the best NXT match of the year, and that's saying a lot. 
considering the NXT's quality this year alone. All right. Yeah. Hey, not bad. Let me give you my list real quick of matches. All right. Breeze through this one. Uh, my number five. Yeah. Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy from the Super Showdown. Mm. Yeah. Just like, it just shows that, like, Cedric Alexander was definitely well-deserved for that Cruiserweight title mm-hmm. and his run. Yep, and his shot, and then not to, and then the, him putting Buddy o- Murphy over, and I haven't still have not seen a bad match from Buddy Murphy. He truly was um, WWE's best crap secret. Absolutely, and this match showed it, and then it just, he just happened to win it down in Melbourne, mm-hmm. and the pop that he got was literally the best pop of the the whole entire show. Yeah, yeah, the crowd came alive, not yeah. just because he was the hometown dude either. Yeah, but he was, you know, deserved. And it was like they were booing said, but it was you can tell like it wasn't just like a no, we it's like it wasn't a we hate you said. Mm-hmm. No, it's just we want our boy to win it. Oh yeah. That's yeah. literally what it was. Mm-hmm. So it's like so yeah. And that and that's saying a lot too because we were pretty spoiled just in the cruiserweight division alone. Oh yeah. Just yep. a dead regular 205 live where you got some good ass matches. Mm-hmm. Um my number 4 is actually your number 2, Becky Lynch versus Charlotte from Evolution this year. Um mm. basically echoing all your sens- sentiments. It is this match has brought everything. Mm. Everything every quality of a perfect wrestling match brought yeah. it all from these two women and I'm waiting to see more from the man. Oh yeah. yeah. Number 3. Johnny Gargano versus Alistair Black at NXT War Games. Oh yeah. Like they a perfectly executed match with no botches. Yep. And it was just you got Alistair Black, who was already a babyface, but yet, you know, he had that, you know, he has that dark character that I always tend to gravitate to, hence why I'm a lifelong Undertaker fan. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, Johnny Gargano docking his Punisher gear, mm-hmm. just embracing the gray. Yep, Johnny Takeover. Yeah, and he just, he earned that title. Yeah. With every match that I saw him in, he's earned that title. Absolutely. And then there, there's more to come, there's more to come of, of them two tonight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm... Looking, definitely looking forward to that. Another one, my number two, which was from the same event, was Ricochet, War Raiders, and Pete Dunne versus the Undisputed Era at NXT War Games. Mm. Like, I, this is one of the matches that I try to, that I play for non-believers. Mm-hmm. Like, people who just make that bland, that that broad wrestling is whack now Yeah. Um, statement. But I'm like, mm-hmm. watch this match. Check this out. Open your mind out. And check this out. Yeah. Like, the spots and the storytelling was just ridiculous. It wasn't even much storytelling. It was just like, undisputed, we think we're the shit. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we're going to stop you. Yeah. Yep. Just old school storytelling at its finest. Yeah, it doesn't need much. And then my number one, which was your number three, Chris, Chris Jericho at 47 years of age, mm-hmm. going against Kenny Omega at WrestleMania Kingdom. Yeah. I got up at three in the morning. Luckily, somebody had the link mm-hmm. to watch it. Yep. And I made sure I watched it live. Burned cellular data <laughs> to because I needed yes. to watch that match live. But went to work late mm-hmm. because I needed to watch that match. And it was worth it. That, oh, yeah, it definitely was because it was, man, my job. I didn't. 
I don't get in trouble about that. I don't get it. I'm like, sometimes I used to be so ridiculously late mm-hmm. and I, nothing ever happened. No oh. complaints or nothing. Minor complaints, but I'm like, okay, yep, whatever. <laughs> you can't escape. Bang. That was it. So, yeah, those are my top five matches. Quality. Yeah, man. And, like, and mind you, like, with wrestling alone, our list could be way longer than just oh, five. Oh, that could have been just a whole episode. Yeah. I'd be a dope code extra with the UWL. Mm. Oh, good idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Y'all listening? Of course they are. Those are our boys. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick Thomas says, uh, all thanks to Naya, Carl, uh, none of that would have happened without her. I guess in regards to the uh, Becky, well, that was before. I guess in, the, in regards to like um, uh, the latest events in the women's division on the main roster with Oscar uh, finally winning. But you know what? Title. Even though it was a botch, they're working around it. They're actually working it well. They are. They are. They are doing it well um, for the most part. Um, I wish I had a list of uh, top five burials, but I'm going to save that for UWO. Not, not yeah, that's their for, thing. Not that's their thing. And they got a little thing going with their awards, so I'm actually looking I'm looking forward to that because I've been voting too. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you want to move on? You want to move on to video games? Uh, yes, we should move on to video games. But before that, let's give another quick sh- shout out to our sponsor. Studio Headphones. Yes. Uh, 24-hour battery life, Bluetooth capable, studio quality, sound quality. Yes. Yeah. As you can tell, he's listening right now. He's, you know what it is? You're just listening to the sound of your voice. So you're over here just having a moment. You need to have a moment? It sounds like butter. Jesus Christ, man. You, you, make it weird. <laughs> make it weird. Make it, make it weird. Oh, but if you, do wanna, if you do want to get into the mood with, through sound mm-hmm. like Victor is right now, all you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off. And shipping won't cost you anything. Why? Because free shipping in the USA. Yeah. Right. Barry Horowitz. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let's get into our top five video games. Uh yes. Uh top five video games. Um yeah. I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. Uh, real, real quick. Um now now this now this list also includes games that I've that I actually have played this just played this year. So games some games that have that have come out last year as well. Of course, I got, I got to get through uh, God of War. Um, and this is in no particular order, by the way. Okay, because mine's are in order. Uh, so God of War instantly comes to mind. Um, man, uh, just the best God of War uh, game in the whole series. Uh, Kratos in Norse mythology. He's got a son, Atreus, a.k.a. Boy. Uh, graphics are incredible. Uh, voice acting is incredible. Christopher Judge. Uh, Jeremy Davies as uh, Balder. Man, this game is just a incredible masterpiece uh, by Santa Monica Studios, and if and if you've never played a God of War game, get into this, this one, one, God yeah. of War 2018. Um, next one, Spider Man for the PS4. You're welcome. Yes, uh, definitely. Uh, in my estimation, and Arkham is very close. I would say my favorite uh, superhero video game of all time. Of all time. Of all time, um, yeah. I mean, there. I mean, think about it, man. I mean, 
I mean, you're swinging around a, a realistic-looking New York City. Uh, you're, you can don a bunch of costumes. You can just scale up buildings, do shooting star presses off, off buildings and whatnot. So many missions. The How storytelling is incredible. How many times you did it off of Avengers Tower, which is the tallest building in the game? Like three times. Liar. Yeah, I did it three liar. times. What do you mean? Why do you call me a liar? You, you know there was more than that. What? You did more shooting star presses than that. No, I did. It was it was three times. I, I just did it off like multiple buildings as I went because I just because I wanted to get through like side missions, like the side missions are dope. The story is 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 just great, absolutely great. And I love the approaches they, that they take with the characters. So yeah, Spider Man. Oh man, if you if you have a PS4 and you don't own Spider Man, what are you doing? What's your purpose of living? Yeah, it's 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 like would you buy a car without any tires? But yeah. Uh, another game on my on my list that I uh, played this year and and I highly recommend it was is a Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. You started playing that again. I did. I need you to get something new. Because <laughs> I, you're repeating games. No, because like I'm I'm this close to getting the platinum trophy for it. Um, yeah. Understandable. So uh, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice, uh, excellent uh, depiction of a uh, of mental illness, of psychosis through its main character. Um, highly, highly recommend you play it with the use of headphones so you can get the full experience because sound audio is 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 a key element of that game, um, and just 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 incredible storytelling. Um, I absolutely love it, and I think it should des- it deserves way more praise. Uh, so I played that. Um, <clears throat> Two more. Uh, two more. Uh, one was uh, Prey uh, for the PS4, which I finished this past March. Uh, dope game. Dope first-person shooter. Great storytelling. Um, interesting twist. And and I, w- I would love to see where they take the se- where they take this game from here if they do make a sequel. Um, inventive first-person gameplay. You can play it stealthily or guns a-blazing, however you choose. And uh, the final game, uh, which I which I which I which I enjoyed quite a bit was a uh, Mad Max uh, for the for the PS4. Uh, Mad Max was a pretty cool game. Um, definitely one of the most underrated titles for the PS4. Um, it came out around the same time as Mad Max Fury Road three years ago. It's not based on the movie, but it has some elements from that movie. Um, you're just running through the wasteland, uh, doing missions. It can be a little repetitive. But it's well worth the price right now. If you can get it under like fifteen bucks or less, then definitely check it out. Mad Max for the PS4. I'm actually kind of shocked. Why? That Fire Pro Wrestling is not on your top five. I, you know what, I, I totally, you, you know what, I will say, I'll give Fire Pro Wrestling an honorable mention because I, I gave it so much praise uh, uh, the last couple of weeks. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna switch it up because right. I actually forgot about a Fire Pro Wrestling World. Not, not, not. That's not. That's not indicative of its quality because Fire Pro Wrestling World is incredible. But I was trying to. I was trying to like highlight other games that I didn't mention or I mentioned only briefly before. But yes, Mad Max Fury Road is an is the honorable honorable mention. But Fire Pro Wrestling is on my top five list of 2018. Um, excellent wrestling gameplay. The best wrestling game I've ever played since No Mercy. Uh, if if you want to simulate, you can watch the AI play, and it's incredible to watch. Um, I'm gonna book some matches uh, as well. I'm, I'm I'm gonna create some new champions. So Why don't you just Twitch. You know what? You need to get our Twitch streams going. Yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll Twitch a few matches here and there. You're onto something. Yeah, you're onto something. 
Yeah, so yeah, Fire Pro Wrestling World. If you're interested in wrestling games, get it. Apparently, Mad Max was free on PS4. Yeah, it was one of the free games that downloaded through a PS Plus. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go through mine in order. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start in these apps. These are games that I played that I actually have like experiences with. Experiences with so we know like if I actually bought Red Dead Redemption Two, mm. it'd be on this list. Yeah. So I'm gonna start off with Madden 18. Of course. I, I just always get it. I always get enjoyment out of Madden. Mm-hmm. Every year. Yeah. Number four, Detroit Become Human. Oh, I still want to play that game. Dude, like, just the storytelling alone is just like, yo, every decision is crucial. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, it's to the point where it's like, once you make that decision, you're like, ah, oh, damn. Maybe I should have did this. Yeah. And then you just got to, like, wait to see, like, what your result's going to be. Like I said, I beat the game. I got everybody killed, but it's like... <laughs> I lost. I felt like I lost. Yeah. Now you got to go back and make different decisions. Exactly. Like I gotta find. I gotta figure out like the perfect way just to make sure like everybody lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all the Cowboys. That was. We beat your Saints, Nick. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So number three, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Oh yeah. Best fighting game all year. Of course, you know. Like, it just, to me, it just felt like what a Dragon Ball game really should have been like. Yeah. Like, this game probably should have been made, like, in the 90s. But I'm actually glad it's made now mm-hmm. with all the advanced technology, with all with the advancement of technology and whatnot. Oh, and yeah. it's like, you're literally, it feels like you're actually, like, watching the anime. Yeah. You're watching the show, but yet you're controlling it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's how, like, that's how amazing the graphics were and everything. And it's just flat out fun. Like, that was, like, the first Freddy Cup of this year. Yes, it was. Yeah. And, like, I mean, we, there was screaming. A bunch of grown men, most of them with families and all, of their own and whatnot, screaming like they were back, like they were 14-year-old kids in high school again. <laughs> yeah, man. And, like, when the finals get, like... When we first got into it, it was like that Xbox commercial where the um, the kid with disabilities was about to beat a level or stuff. So all the kids in the neighborhood came to mm-hmm. came to watch him. And then when he finally did it, like they were all celebrating. One was doing that floss dance or whatever. Yeah. And all that. He, even the you know even the kid was celebrating mm-hmm. that with that. That's how much enthusiasm and intensity that we had when we were playing this game. Mm. So yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z is my number three. Word, word. Now, number two, and it's a very close to number one. It's mm. really not by much. I got to go with God of War. Okay. Like, it was just fun. Man, and one thing is too, with like the Valkyries. Fuck them Valkyries. <laughs> <laughs> the Valkyries made me rage quit. I beat the main story, mm-hmm. but the Valkyries made me rage quit. But it's like everything that you said, the storytelling, the graphics, the voice, the voices, it's like... It, you just get completely sucked into the game. You get completely sucked into the game. Oh, it was yeah. like I could not wait to come home to work mm-hmm. from work because I needed mm-hmm. to play this game. Like they were, that game had a sense of urgency. Yes. To play. Yes, it did. Yes. So I mean, will I add it to my four in February challenge? Absolutely not. Because <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And then my number one. Spider-Man. 
Yes. As a huge comic book geek, um, Spider-Man was just like perfect. And, you know, it came out the day my grandmother died, which is so bad. Mm. But it was just like, it was it was a perfect getaway at that moment. But it's like, I was just so stuck into it. And I took some time off of work at that time. So like, that was where all my time went. And I thoroughly... Enjoyed it. An open world Spider-Man game where mm-hmm. you can just sw- you can just swing from one end of New York to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, the DLCs are amazing, which I will be Twitch streaming this weekend. Okay. Um, I'll try to figure out a perfect time to do it, possibly Saturday morning. Right on. So, um, subject to change, though. <laughs> <laughs> I got Christmas shopping to do, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I mean, I everything I need to say is pretty much just echoing your sentiments. So just Spider-Man just had to be it. But that and God and War was just seriously, they were seriously neck and neck. Mm. Yeah, man. Like those, I can't think of two better games that would be neck and neck for the number one spot. Yeah, and Spider-Man got no love in the Game Awards this year. Yeah, which I mean, which uh, which is sad, but also speaks to the quality of games this year. It was clo- stiff competition. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of Celeste. Fuck Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's let's be fair. <laughs> uh, S- sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into. Uh, actually, I can breeze through this well because you don't have this. Uh, you don't have this category. Yeah. I'm going to go with albums. Okay. Me being a DJ and stuff, you know, I had to listen to a lot of music. Mm-hmm. But I listen to more, po- I listen to podcasts more, which makes absolutely no sense for my, like, side job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start. Oh, man. This was some, st- this was a stiff year. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to start with um, number five, J. Cole's KOD. Okay. Yep. Of one of, it's like, a, it was definitely like a feel good hip-hop album for somebody like our age mm-hmm. early 30s who still you know who came up hold on no love for assassin's creed odyssey didn't play it i gotta go with my with my personal experiences you know if i would have played it it may, probably would have made the list maybe yeah <laughs> I, I had the pen in my hand I had to do it. <laughs> of course but um yeah so j cole's kod like you grew up on like the hardcore hip-hop of the night of the 90s and the early 2000s and stuff still had the Still had that taste that, you know, that touch of what, you know, the younger kids like. And he still had a message for the younger kids, too. Mm-hmm. So it was like, um, yeah, definitely worth the listen. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth the listen. Number four, Eminem's Kamikaze. Yes. Love that album. Yeah. Eminem came back with a vengeance mm-hmm. in this album. Yeah. My view is the second best Eminem album. Second best, yeah. You did do you did do your um, yeah. I did do a review on it uh, months ago. Yeah, you haven't done none of those in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. I haven't I haven't listened to any new music and since Kamikaze, to be honest. I may have to put you on to some artists. I would like to yeah. see you do. Did you ever do a Nas list? I did. Nas, uh, Jay Z, LL Cool J, LL Cool J, Eminem. That's all you did. Yeah, on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, I would like to see you do I would like to see you do more. Like I would like to hear you like your top Wu Tang albums. Yeah. I'm th- I'm actually working on that actually, you know. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, there you go, man. Yeah. We'll be expecting that soon. Number three, Lupe Fiasco's Drogus Wave. Okay. Geek hip hop to the fullest. Like I just 
I, I don't know. It was just one of those feel good record. It was one of those feel good albums that just had replay value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's very underrated because he's not being played on the radio too often and stuff. Yeah. But it's like I highly, I highly recommend you guys if you truly love hip hop. I highly, highly, highly recommend listening to that one. Yeah. Number two, and this was very, and this was a hard decision between the lap between um the last one because for one I listened, they both came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. Logic's Young Sinatra Four. Okay. I mean, just the song Wu Tang Forever that. Actually featured the Wu Tang Clan. Mm-hmm. That alone was just it just speaks for itself. And then the name there was a song with Wally that he had that has the Apache sample to it. Mm-hmm. Took me back to my B Boy days. Love that album. Word. Love that. I may just listen to it again while when I leave here. Mm-hmm. And then my number one album because I listened to it so much. The soundtrack to Black Panther by Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Yeah. That I was mean. Dope. Paramedics, one of my favorite songs of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pray for me. I still love to this day. I love DJ and um, I love playing uh, all the stars at my um, like when I do when I have my gigs. Yeah. Uh, just so, uh, yeah, it's just an all around like great album. It is. That I still listen to. It came out back in like February. I was still. We're in December, and I still listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a quality hip hop soundtrack. Yeah, so is I and it has and it actually has like elements of like African, you know, African traditional African music mm-hmm. and a lot of the hits that African and African artists yep. as well. So you get you you get all that and it's just you you'll appreciate it. Oh yeah. So yeah. Those are my top those are my top 5 uh albums of the year. Mm-hmm. Um You want to go into your repertoire? Yeah. Uh, let's go into some movies, some films. Uh, so my list is a little different here. So I selected uh, five films, in no, no particular order, five films that I really enjoyed uh, this past year. Um, I did leave out a few that I was jonesing about, which I still still a fan of, I am a fan of, but I want to talk about some different ones that I, that I didn't mention yet. Uh, this one, so this one's mostly a new list. So I do, rec- I still recommend A Star Is Born. I love that movie. Um, and Black Klansman, Black Panther. Uh, but um, getting to my five films on this list, uh, one film which just came out on Netflix uh, last Friday is uh, Alfonso Cuaron's, uh, Cuaron's latest film, Roma. Uh, I saw that on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, Roma is what you call a work of art. Like This is Alfonso Cuaron's perhaps his best film and definitely his most personal. It's a film which takes place in the early 70s and it's a tribute to uh, one of the maids that raised him. Oh. And uh, and the movie stars this uh, total non-actor newcomer, um, this uh, Mexican actress uh, named uh, Yalitza Aparicio. And, um, and, she's, and she has never acted before. She plays a, a maid named Cleo. And she, who's a maid for this middle class family in in this Mexico in this Mexican neighborhood known as Roma, hence the name, and uh, and and throughout the film you kind of see her development, see her her personal journey, what she goes through, what her life is like living and working for this family, and you see uh, what this fa- what, what issues this family is dealing with as well, and how it all comes together, and. It is it is an incredible film. The, the cinematography was done by Alfonso Cuarón, pristine, 
black and white visuals, um, simple camera setups, just like panning left and right, just to take it and all take all take it all in the the, the widescreen uh, compositions of the settings. Um, incredible film, uh, deeply emotional. Um, I did cry in one particular scene. God damn it! Um, it one scene just hit me that hard. Like it is, it is a ma- it is a masterpiece, and I and this is definitely the the best film Netflix has ever distributed. Um, they didn't produce it, but they distributed it. So, if you have Netflix, please make time to watch Roma. I'm actually looking at it. This is our second. This is only a first movie. Yeah, this is just my first movie. Yeah. No, this is her first movie. Yeah, her first movie. Yeah, she. Yeah, ne- she'll be in Love Is Blind next year. But I'm yeah, she's never acted before, and she just brings a natural uh, uh, charisma to to the role. And man. Man, it is, and, and that's a testament to Alfonso's, Alfonso Cuarón's talent as a director to bring that kind of performance out of somebody who has never had any experience uh, uh, directing. Uh, Alfonso Cuarón, you can see his other films like Gravity, uh, Children of Men, which I, which is another masterpiece of his. Um, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Yep, the third Harry Potter film. Um, e Bien, um, I didn't care for that too much. It was more like a, it was just more like a softcore porno than anything else, bordering on a hardcore one. Um, but other than that, yeah, like check out, check out his other body, his body of work. He did great expectations. He did with the one with uh, Ethan Hawke, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robert De Niro. I remember like watching that in class. I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Shout outs to Mr. Mr. Richardson. Man. Yeah. So yeah, check out Roma. It's on Netflix. Uh, and another Netflix film that I have on my on my list is uh, from the Coen Brothers. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and it's an anthology film, six stories, all circ- all centering around the theme of death in some way. Oh yeah, this is a Victor <laughs> ass movie. And it's a western, and it's 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 there's some parts that are hilarious, and some parts that are just like just shocking and grim. Um, like for example, um, the the first story, uh, uh, there's this this singing cowboy named uh, Buster Scruggs, played by Tim Blake Nelson, and you think that, oh my God, how can a person like this survive the Wild West? And well, when you put a gun in his hand instead of a guitar, you will, you see why. Um, so that that story is cool. There's a story with Liam Neeson in it, yeah. uh, which which is uh, oof, boy, um, how that ends. Um, then there's James Franco. Uh, there's oh, there's also a great story with a prospector digging for gold, played by Tom Waits. That was really cool. Uh, so yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs. If you're a Coen Brothers fan, a Western fan, definitely check it out. It's also on Netflix. Um, another film on my, on my list is a film that I got to see recently. I got to Redbox it, and it is. This was a really really good film. Uh, it's it's a it's an independent drama by Bo Burnham, written and directed by him. It's called Eighth Grade. Uh, eighth grade stars Elsie uh, Fisher as Kayla, who's this um, uh, eighth grader. Oh well, she's in her final year, her final week rather, final week of of eighth grade. She's about to go to high school and start the summer. And this film was all the right levels of cringe and, and awkwardness. And like I can remember, and it made me harken back to like my time in middle school when I was in eighth grade. And like if we had social media back in the nineties. Holy shit! I don't know how life would turn out now. Like I don't know how I would turn out as a person today, or many people I know. But eighth grade was like cringeworthy in a good way because it was very, very realistic. Um, and this, and you see this, uh, this, this child who kind of who basically grew up 
where the internet was fully formed, where social media was always a part of our life, like Instagram and, and Snapchat. And then when people, when, some, when a teacher asks her in one scene, hey, aren't you, don't you have Facebook? And she goes, no, my parents have that. And that made me feel 10 times older than I already do. Uh, but yeah, Eighth Grade is a awesome, awesome film. Very realistic. It might as well have been a documentary because of how realistic it was. It's very sweet and very heartfelt and... Damn, one of the best films of the year. Very true to life. Also, another film that I got to see recently is a, a costume drama, comedy drama called The Favorite. Uh, the Favorite, uh, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, this film stars Emma Stone, Olivia Coleman as Queen Anne, and Rachel Weiss. And this was a, a historical, a historical comedy drama where um, uh, Emma Stone plays this woman named Abigail Hill. What's the name of the movie again? Uh, the Favorite. Uh, with a U, and um, yeah, she plays this uh, this uh, for, this former this former uh, aristocratic lady named Abigail Hill, whose family fell on hard times, and now she's she's trying to curry favor with Queen Anne, but she starts to get uh, a little too familiar, and she starts to spark up the jealousy, the ire of uh, Rachel Vice's character Sarah Churchill, who was the Queen's who at the time is the Queen's right hand woman, and so you kind of see like their 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 triangle, their dynamic, like their game of jealousy and intrigue and, and political uh, shenanigans going on. Uh, the costumes are gorgeous. Uh, Rachel Weiss has this like tri-corner hat and this like white, white black lace uh, jacket, which looks so dope. Um, the the fisheye lens cinematography in, in several scenes kind of adds like the unease of the of the whole story. It's a dope film. If you're a fan of costume dramas, definitely check out The Favorite. Definitely Yorgos Lanthimos' most accessible film. <coughs> Excuse me. And, uh, and last but not least is uh, a film that I reviewed earlier this year, uh, the, an awesome documentary by Morgan Neville. It's called Won't You Be My Neighbor, uh, the documentary on Mr. Rogers. And uh, man, this is still my favorite documentary of this year. Uh, Mr. Rogers, like he was the character that you saw growing up. That wasn't just a character. That was Fred Rogers in real life. And this, this was a guy who, who was truly one of the best human beings ever, uh, in, in history. Like, like he only, he not only like, like, like preached and promoted his message of helping children and, and helping children realize like their best selves, on the show, he also did it in real life, and he also inspired millions of adults and parents too. So, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" is one of the most, ins- most inspiring documentaries of this year. And considering the the shit show that is real life, considering our political context, we need films like like "Won't You Be My Neighbor," and we do need people like Mister Rogers because, good lord, we can do so much better. And Mister Rogers shows us how. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me breeze through mines real quick. Right. Okay, uh, my number five was Ready Player One. Okay, I thoroughly had enjoyed. I had I had fun like watching that one and reviewing it. Mm-hmm. Um, number number four. Yeah, Deadpool two. <laughs> Just as good as the first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even seen What's Upon a Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta check it because uh, at this point it's like I am curious. It's just like Deadpool two, just PG thirteen up. Yeah, that's all it is. But it's like I am still curious just to see you know, like how do they do that? And then I'm just like, because you know what it is, kids love Deadpool. They do because of us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they can't watch the movie. 
Yeah. Didn't you, I remember you said you got in trouble by a parent who you recommended their kid watch it. Their 14 year old. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh my God, Mike, someone wants to see that. I'm like, all right, go ahead, take him. Yeah. We'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be fine. I took my son to see that movie. So what's the problem? <laughs> it was so violent. He was talking about that. Okay, so what's the problem? He's 13. Probably. <laughs> He'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Number three was Spider-Man Into the, Sp- Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Um... Not necessarily fair because it just came out a week ago, mm-hmm. but I mean it hit that. Li- it, it definitely hit the list. Yeah. Um, number two mm. was Black Panther. Really? Number two. Oh wow. Number two. You can go into our go into our archives and listen to our review. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had to give it a close number two. Wow. It's number one here. Infinity War. Okay. 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 <laughs> you, you 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 just couldn't fuck with it. You couldn't fuck with it. No, nah, that literally had to be the yeah. It is the best movie of the year. Hmm. I mean, you know, I won't, I won't argue with that. I mean, the snap heard round the world. Yeah. Yeah. And then every time I run into traffic, uh, I'm just like, Thanos was right. Yeah. And uh, and fun fact, uh, with the Codex Prime podcast, uh, with Jim Savard, we reviewed the, the movie with him. It's our most watched episode in history. Really? Yeah, over 1,000 views. In history? Yeah. In the history of this show? In the history of this show. Even including when Maurice and Iris was watched? Yes. Women. Yes. Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so big ups to Jim Savard for that. Yeah, we got to have him back. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's always, he's always a lot of fun. Oh yeah. All right. So, what you got next? You want to comics? Comics, yes. All let's, right. Let's talk comics. Um, let's see. Uh, one of uh, well, uh, these are these are on, well, one of all but one of them are ongoing. Well, actually, all but two of them are ongoing uh, uh, series. All of mine's are too, so don't feel bad. Yeah. So, uh, one that I'm reading uh, right now, it's actually a completed volume. It's a mini series, so I'm on the fourth issue. It's uh for comics. Uh, my no, my number five is Infidel. Uh, Infidel is pr- uh, published by Image Comics, and it's about uh it's a horror story, and it's about this uh, uh this woman named Aisha, who's this uh, uh American Muslim girl woman rather who who lives in this haunted apartment building, which is haunted by ghosts that are fueled by racism and xenophobia. What the fuck is she in there for? Well, uh, well, she. It's cheap, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised what you will, will put up with <laughs> for cheap rent control. Oh my god! Yeah, and uh, this story, man, from what I've read so far, it goes into some unexpected places that'll make your jaw drop. Um, Jordan Peele uh, highly recommended this comic. I saw one of the the review quotes from the back of the book, the, yeah. the trade paperback. Um, I, I think I believe that Infidel was optioned already as either a TV sh- series or a movie. Uh, you can look it up. I I, th- I may be I may be wrong there, but yo, Infidel. If you haven't read it yet, um, from what I've or from what I've just read so far, I'm on like the fourth issue or chapter. Whew, man, please don't miss out on this really unique, one of a kind comic book uh, miniseries. Um, it's by Image Comics. Um. 
the other other ongoing series I have, it's a ongoing twelve issue miniseries. It's all it's kind of winding down. It'll, it'll be finished early next spring. Is DC's Doomsday Clock? Uh, Doomsday Clock is the uh, is the official uh, conclusion of the DC universe or DC Rebirth uh, uh, universe, if you will. And this one combines. Uh, is like the is like the sequel to Watchmen. So it combines the world of Watchmen versus with the world of uh, the DC universe, and there's some very 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 intriguing developments. Um, so we're trying to figure out why Doctor Manhattan has manipulated uh, the the New Fifty Two universe and his 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 foothold in the current Rebirth universe. Um, the, the new Rorschach. Uh, played by the son of the uh, psychologist from the from the original Watchmen uh, uh, story, um, Joker. Uh, these two these two mime characters. These these uh, they they, they ha- I, I forget their names because I haven't I haven't I need because I kind of fell behind on Doomsday Clock. They have a very interesting storyline as well, which I can't reveal anything about, but. I will say, um, if you're a fan of Watchmen and if you've read anything from the DC uh, Rebirth line, and I highly recommend you should, please check out Doomsday Clock. It's I really can't wait to see how they wrap up the whole Rebirth Watchmen universe with that because, man, Jeff Johns is doing the damn thing. All right. Yeah. Um, another another uh, comic that I highly recommend is Shadow Man by Valiant Comics. Their 2018 uh, rebo- reboot. Um, I'm on issue six so far. Uh, I got to get more. I subscribe to it. A shout out to Reagan from uh, Rock Hogos. Got to pick up more issues from the, my box. Uh, Shadow Man, dope. Um, Jack Boniface as a new Shadow Man. Um, if you're a fan of like uh, voodoo, Nolans, um, you know, voodoo culture. Uh, Check it out, and if you're a fan of action too, it's a really good story. I'm, really thinking, I'm trying to remember. I think you actually did review it a while ago. Yep. sometime during the summer. Yeah, it did. Yeah, um, really good series. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan, and um, I can't wait to see where they go with this new uh, with this new reboot because every issue has been fire. Um, next one on my list is Saga Volume Nine. Yeah, I knew it. I knew that was coming. Man, I I I I wish I could get into details, but we need it. All I gotta say is, bruh. Same with your same sentiments from when it first. That's all I can. That's all I gotta say. That's 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 my review. We gonna get a saga episode. We We're will. gonna do a whole a whole entire episode. We will. We will. Um, saga's currently on hiatus, so they're coming back. I think late next year. Yeah. But I don't want it to be high. <laughs> Something like that. I haven't felt an itch for this since Game of since like Game of Thrones went off. Oh yeah, but Game of Thrones is coming back soon though. April. Yes. April. My my HBO Go subscription will come back then. <laughs> I'm still, I still got mine. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you mean, ever still watch that? Did you ever watch that Andre the Giant documentary? I did. Okay. I did. It was real. It was very very good. Uh, but yes, yeah, Saga Volume Nine. That's all I gotta say. It's it's just, now is a good time as any to catch up on that series if you haven't even finished or started it. And my my favorite comic of the year, also by Image Comics, is Skyward, uh, which I also reviewed a couple months back. Uh, Skyward is where like the world has no no more gravity, and people kind of floated off into space. Yeah, I remember there was like one copy where it's just a hand in a like the cover was just a hand in a balloon or something like that. 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, like it's about this uh, this young this young woman named Willa Fowler uh, who grew up in a world in Earth where there's no gravity whatsoever, and she right now she's on right now the the, the comic is in, is in their second arc storyline arc where she's on a quest to mm-hmm. fulfill her father's mission. Um, great uh, Joe Henderson, a terrific author. I really love the the world that he builds, and I like where the story is going. I like these characters a lot. Um, I, I this I, this comic gives me so much joy. Like I recommend that a hundred percent. If you're a fan of comics, if you're a fan of Image Comics, and they, Image Comics puts in consistent quality work all the time. They're like the NXT of comics. Please read Skyward. Subscribe to it. Put it in your box. Collect every issue. Collect the trade paperbacks. Even, I, dude, what are you waiting for? Stop this episode and go buy Skyward. Don't stop the episode. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it's, that, it's that good. It's that. Uh, but good. there was one that you reviewed a while ago, and it was very. It was a very dark, and it was written by Image. But I'm just. Oh, a uh, juke joint. There, there was. Yes, juke joint. Juke joint is. Fucked up. Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't make your sick and deranged, twisted. Look. I mean, I got, I, I got, I got love in my heart for Juke Joint, but it just had to. It just something had to give. Something had to give, and it just edged out. You know, and plus it's a mini series. I saw an issue two right now. Oh, yeah. So there's, it's like a, it's a five issue series. But man, ah, oh, that that first issue made me smile in all the right ways. You're a sick man. <laughs> you really like you just further like you just further make us believe that you have people in your basement. If they're not saying anything, I won't. All right, let me breeze through minds real quick. Yeah. Okay, so starting off at number five, I got the new Fantastic Four 2018 reboot mm. by Dan Slott, something I've waited like, what, five years? Yeah. Since, um, Secret- oh, since three, no, it was like three years. Since Secret Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, about three, yeah, about three or four years since, um, yeah, since Secret Wars when they discontinued the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Now they have them, you know, now that they got their reboot, they're putting, you know, they're show where they've been in the multiverse all these years and then now that they're finally coming back they finally got back together and stuff it was just it's very well written kudos to Dan Slott for this one my number four is is um Black Panther the Intergalactic Empire of Wakanda written by my one of my favorite art, um, comic writers, Ta-Nehisi Coates mm. um it just basically it like gives us another taste of Wakanda but like in outer space mm. But it's just it takes like a whole different turn. It's like now I'm just I just read one of the latest issues during my catch up and I was like, oh, Killmonger's a god, really? Like not not it, it, it's kind of complicated, but in a way, basically, he's like yeah, he's like a god now. Hmm. He has his own planet. It's all wonder. Yeah, he he rules the intergalactic Wakanda. Rip. Hmm. So in a way the tables have turned, but yeah, he's still bad. So it's like, it's a very inter- it's a very interesting and different take. Okay. All right. So number three, also written by Tanahisi Coates, was uh, the Captain America 2018 run. So it's like you know Re- Captain America's in the pri- he's in a, he's like on his road to redemption because he was cl- he was cloned and 
as the evil Hydra yeah. Captain America, but everybody still has this perception of him like, oh, he betrayed us. Mm-hmm. So he's like, uh, in a way, it's like he's on his personal redemption to like, you know, turn just to like get everybody to show him who he really what who he really was, saying, hey, that wasn't me. That was, you know, that was a cl- you know that was a clone of me. So it yeah. definitely wasn't. So um, yeah, very deep rate, and you know, very. And Tony Isikos is very spiritual. He's very like he's a very deep writer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, number two is Weapon H by Greg, written by Greg Pak. Mm-hmm. Okay, which tells the story of uh, Clayton Cortez. I'm in. I'm on like issue eleven now. Yeah. Yeah, eleven just came out. Yet yeah, came out today. As a matter of fact, okay. already in my box. But um. Yeah, it just shows. It tells the story of of a former soldier, Clayton Clayton Cortez, who um, disobeyed some uh, military orders, and then he ended up taking uh, unwillingly taking part of a uh, experiment where it's where he's fused with Hulk DNA and Wolverine's DNA, where he becomes mm-hmm. Weapon H. Okay, Weapon Hulk is a very interesting character, and you know, you know, you see. Uh, Makes appearances in Weird Weird World. Captain America makes a appearance as well. Yeah. Um, so much is going on, you know, as he's you know as he's currently battling the uh, Roxana Corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's kind of yeah he's in like a he's battling him, but yet in a complicated situation with them as well. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that read. And as for my number one, which is all these series are actually ongoing right now as we speak, yep. is um. The Amazing Spider-Man, written by Nick Spencer. Okay, he's a he. He's one thing I always loved about Spider-Man. He's like he relates to you can relate to that character. Oh yeah. So it's like him. He's in his twenties. He used, he had a uh, Parker Industries, but then that fell through. So now he's going. He went from a multimillionaire to a dead broke to being dead broke, living with roommates. Damn. A roommate, which happens to be Boomerang, an arch villain of his, <laughs> so it's like it's very, it's very comical, but like it's, it's actually very well written. Um, it's actually it's ongoing right now. Um, issue twelve, I just finished, mm. and they're very consistent. Like issue thir- no, issue thirteen just came out today as well. Okay, so that's on my box. So yeah, highly recommend those five. Those are those are my uh, that's my list. Nice, good, good. For comics, what else you got? Good stuff. Um, let's see, I got two more uh, five top fives. Uh, one I'll breeze through real quick. Uh, top five wrestlers that deserve better. So, so yeah, um, real quick. Um, uh, top five wrestlers that deserve better. Uh, number five on my list is Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn's currently out on an injury. Yeah. Um, Sami Zayn, uh, he has yet to win a championship. I think uh, with the right handling, he can be a, a bona fide main eventer. Um, when he comes back, he should be put in the main event spotlight because that's that's how good he he really is. Uh, number four, Bailey. Um, I would I blame a lot of it on the booking. Uh, Bailey has not been done any favors with those "This Is Your Life" segments and the Q and As, which kind of kind of exposed Bailey. So you know, I won't. I'll give some of the blame on her, but she deserves way better considering how she was handled at NXT. Uh, Vince is not doing her any favors. Number three is Rusev. Rusev needs to be a bona fide main eventer. He should be competing for the world championship. He should be a WWE champion straight up. I agree. Yeah. 
I agree. There was a spoiler. I did get a spoiler from the SmackDown taping, but I won't spoil it. Okay. Indeed. Uh, number two, Sanity. Uh, Who? You know, Sanity. Who? You know, Eric Young, Killian Dane, Alexander Wolf. Oh, yeah. I remember those guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. they been? Yeah, they were, I guess they were out back maybe maybe indulging in catering. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, no, they're doing episodes of Up, Up, Down, Down. <laughs> <laughs> but, yo, um, Sanity, uh, you can do so much with these guys, um, especially in a, in a rather stagnant tag team division. Uh, these these three, especially Eric Young, come on, man, you got these three talented dudes. Use them right, and especially what Sanity did in War Games last year. Come on, um, they they deserve better. And speaking of tag teams, number one, the two wrestlers that deserve better in the WWE: Scott Dawson, Dash Wilder, The Revival. Now, Eddie Ortiz might disagree <laughs> <laughs> from the UWO podcast. From, from the UWO podcast, but the Revival. When they were they were the first ever two time NXT tag team champions, uh, they were an excellent no nonsense old school technicians. They were like the modern day Arn and Ole Anderson. If I was running, if I was Vince McMahon, I would book the entire main roster tag team division around the revival. I would have them be the center, have them be the champions, have them dominate everybody that comes comes their way. That's how good the revival is. Build the division around them. All right, not Braun Strowman and ten-year-old kids named Nicholas. Come on now, and not AOPP. They deserve better too, by the way. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I don't have a list of the sorts, so I'm gonna go into my final list, which is TV seasons. Okay. All right. So number five is actually a tie. Hmm. Okay. 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 Both ended with cliffhangers. I was hooked on to every single episode. Um, me and my sister, this is like these are like our shows. It's like our time. Like we don't answer no phone calls. Yeah, we got our HQ out the way, but like other than that, that's it. It's this is us mid season season two mid season two to mid season three. Okay. Tied with insecure season three. Wow. Okay. I mean, I love Insecure. I always love Insecure. You know, they always just take me. It, it, it just, it, it's just so real. I relate to it so much. Mm. But like I said, like I've always said with about This Is Us, I'm like, listen, if you if you think your family's pretty fucked up, watch them, and your ass is pretty okay. <laughs> I've, yeah, from what I heard, it's a tearjerker. Yeah, I never cried. You definitely will. Yeah, man. Yeah, you will. You will. You will. Watch it with money. Okay. All right. Number four. Something else to wrestle with okay. <laughs> with Bruce with Bruce Pritchard. Now, mm-hmm. this is what this is. It something something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard was actually on the network with like what thirteen episodes. Yeah, about you know, and Bruce Pritchard, he's a longtime WWE producer, and he tells the backstories of some of our favorite moments and some you know certain wrestlers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. um you always, it's always good to like get that insight, especially if you're a big history, you know, wrestling history buff like I am. So, and that's what actually eluded me to become of the become a subscriber of the Something to Wrestle with mm-hmm. Bruce Pritchard yeah. podcast, which is available on iTunes or whatever, or wherever you listen to um, podcasts. So, I mean, they've 
Like very great episodes. Um, Bruce Prichard is a master impressionist, apparently, because he <laughs> nails Dusty Rhodes. Oh yeah, <laughs> nails it. But I think that I can, I can kind of say Dusty Rhodes is like an easy impression to do. He is, yeah. Because I heard Stone Cold do it before. <laughs> he nailed it. Uh, number three was Jessica Jones season two. Mm. Now I'll admit that season. I personally think that season one is better. Yeah, I agree. But. Season two actually dove into much more of his background stories, of her background story. Yep. So you know, I was always in, I was always more interested in like getting to know how she got her powers and like her family life as well. Because like they kind of just touched it mm-hmm. in season one, but like, well, they touched her adopted family. Yeah, but they didn't go into a biological family. Okay. Okay, yeah. So and it's it was still just as dark as season one, but season one was definitely better. Had a much better villain. Yeah. Number two, Luke Cage season two. Ah yes, your name is the name I gave you, boy. <laughs> yes, yes, that um, just every all the same elements from season one. Yeah. You know, I still got the same feel from that. Uh, Picks up, it picks up where season one left off, where he's doing with his newfound celebrity, but then he comes across a new uh, villain in the the Bushmaster. Yes, very well portrayed. Um, I forgot the actor's name. Uh, yeah, let's let's. let's uh, yeah, you can look. I'm almost done with my review anyway, but yeah. um, I mean, I highly recommend you watch it. It's too bad Netflix canceled it, probably yeah. because Disney's doing their streaming service, so they got to get their stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, which is another show that was unfortunately canceled, Daredevil Season 3. Yeah, I still got to watch that. You are an asshole and an idiot for not watching. Hey, man, damn shit. Hey, you take shit far. I could take shit far, too. (laughs) Damn it. But, oh, my God, just the way. This was bullseye done right. Mm. Okay, this was Fitz. Vincent D'Onofrio still continues to kill it as Wilson Fisk. Mm -hmm. And... Charlie Cox to, continues to nail it as um, Matthew Murdoch. Of course. So it's like, it was just the perfect season. Like, why did it have to end? Why? Because Disney's getting their own service. Yeah. So that's what I blame it on. Oh, you know what else? Another theory of mine is what? the conspiracy theorist is awakening to me, and I know you can't stand him. I really can't. But what's up? <laughs> Thanos did it. <laughs> oh, so his snap is reverberated in real life. It's all in the MCU, am I right? Of course. So there you go. <laughs> uh, Marvel can't be that meta. They Could be. Nah. Could be. Well, I mean, we can see. Well, I can say you never know. Well, we got it. We got um, Runaways coming back on Friday. Mm-hmm. Punish is coming back on next month. Yep, and watch that get canceled too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my list. So what what's this hidden list that you got? Yep. So uh my final list of uh the episode. Um <clears throat> and this one I've been th- I've actually been thinking about for a while. Um five reasons why I'm going to delete my Facebook profile by 2019. Yes. Um, and listen, Facebook is the Bethesda of social media. Just like Bethesda's been screwing up royally with Fallout 76. Huge flop for many. Yeah, shout out to my homegirl Erin Dolan. She just like the second I I clocked into work, she ripped 
she raised hell about how pissed she was at that game. Oh, and I can't blame her. But you know, much like Bethesda screwing up with the customers, Facebook is doing the same. Uh, five reasons why I'm gonna delete my Facebook and uh, when 2019 rolls around. One, uh, f- uh, the latest uh, story, but from the New York Times, uh, pr- uh, published uh, yesterday. Uh, Facebook has uh, turns out that they've been uh, distributing a private, well, or giving access to all our private messages on me- on Messenger and data sh- data sharing with Amazon, Spotify, and Netflix without our consent. Um, this is just egregious. This is this is not a leak. This is deliberate action, mal- corporate malfeasance on the part of Facebook. Um, the second reason is that why I'm going to delete my Facebook is Cambridge Analytica. Uh, Cambridge Analytica, they were the uh, political consulting firm with links to the current president, Donald Trump, in which they uh, improperly obtained data on over 87 million Facebook users, which may include you and I and Carl and everyone we know and everyone you know. And uh, and all the Russian troll bots and the and the fake news headlines which stirred up a bunch of shit on, on, on the platform. Um, also, uh, fa- uh, Mark Zuckerberg's uh, assertion from earlier this year when he was uh, uh, su- summoned by Congress to testify, uh, he says that Facebook doesn't sell data. Now, Mark Zuckerberg is playing semantics. He's trying to get a little cute with us. When he says uh, Facebook doesn't sell data, that that is true. But Facebook shares data. They share it for free with advertisers to, p- to pry into your profile, even if you have the uh, your pro- privacy settings turned up to full. They still they still give the keys to your private messages, so they can look through. So companies can look through your content, look through the content of your messages, and target adver- advertise uh, ads accordingly. Um, also, um, so yeah, so that's actually the fourth reason. So even with max privacy settings, co- some companies can still have access to your profile. Also, uh, the fifth reason is because Facebook with these with these egregious privacy breaches that we've heard all year and this is the last and this new york times report is the last straw for me there needs to be regulation there needs to be some antitrust laws enforced um there 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 needs to be an alternative to facebook something that's viable i would say there needs to be a publicly funded social media platform that in which people like us can just like maybe donate just like public radio donate donate a dollar here a dollar there and the platform itself could be free but there needs to be strong and transparent uh, privacy privacy policies. No advertising involved, so that people won't won't look at our pride pride through our private content and screw with us. And 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 then you have this, and then you have um, arguments that oh well, 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 Victor, if if you why why should you be worried about privacy on Facebook? If you have nothing to hide, then you know you got nothing to worry about. Okay, in the words of Edward Snowden. Arguing that, and I'll say this, quote, arguing that you don't care about the right to privacy is because you have nothing to hide is no different than saying you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say, end quote. Um, you know, what that means is that any entity, like a, like a government, government business, Facebook, um, th- they can leak information 
about a person and they can cause damage to that person or use information about that person to deny access to services, even if a person didn't actually engage in any wrongdoing. So when you say that you have nothing to hide, that doesn't mean anything because they can take any photos you have or anything that you wrote. Or even if you like wrote something like vaguely political, like, oh, oh, I, I agree with uh, Trump's policies here or I agree with Obama's policies there. They could take whatever you say, spin it, and then use that use that as, as a reason to maybe block block your block a, a future employment or block any other opportunities that comes your way or guilt by association. So you may not have anything illegal on your on your on on your social media platform like Facebook, but still your information can be used in a way to hurt you in some ways. And we don't know the full extent of this yet. So all these reasons are why I can't in good conscience continue with Facebook. I've given them time after time, chance after chance. And yeah, I, and I, I'm admit, I was part of the problem. I always say, you're part of, don't be part of the problem, be part of the solution. I was part of the problem. I was part of the problem. Sorry, I gotta take a picture of just you like pointing and I can just make that into a turn. You know, like, like, yeah, I will say like I was part of the problem, you know, in that like I over I, I willingly overlooked many of Facebook's uh, privacy breaches and violations because it was, it's a convenient platform, you know, and, and we have it for the podcast. But even with the podcast, the, the podcast will be just fine, you know. Without my profile, without my input, we can still log on through your stuff and, and, and to do Facebook Live episodes. That's cool, but but you know what, you know what, Mark Zuckerberg, you need to take a hard, long look in the mirror and, and realize that you're that, that that all all of these privacy breaches and, and controversies. It's not just incompetence. This is this is deliberate malfeasance. This is deliberate wrongdoing, and you're screwing Carl, you're screwing myself, you're screwing everybody we know. And, and I'm not willing to pay for the price of convenience any longer. You cannot use our data in such a reckless way. So that's why I'm going to delete my Facebook come the new year, 2019. And that's all I got to say about that. And if you're still on Facebook, I'm not going to judge you, but just just know that in the long run, Facebook is not good for us in the long run. Facebook has fucked us in the ass in the election in 2016. It's going to screw us in many more ways than one that we have not been, that we have yet to see. I just got my weird, I just got my, you were part of the problem shot. So I got to like find that exact moment and just, <laughs> now let's move on to a lighter note with yeah. the question of the week. Yes. Yeah. I need, we need to have some fun now. So with the holiday <laughs> season, Upon us. I ain't gonna lie. I can't wait till this shit's over. I'm a Grinch. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked, what is your favorite Christmas movie? So on our Facebook, Mark Feinstein says, The Beatles are Hard Day's Night. Oh, okay. Interesting choice. Um, Shannon J. Harley says, A Christmas Story Wins truly reminds me of Christmas. Of course. Slim Walk is my, one of my best friends growing up. Brian, he said... He says, a Christmas story. Okay. My man's just wanted a BB gun. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot your eye out, kid. All right, Latif and Latifah Greenhow. Greenha yeah. Her name's spelled backwards on Facebook. Uh, I got you. <laughs> she goes, hers is A Nightmare Before Christmas and Krampus. Oh, I, I still want to see Krampus. All right. Um, as for our Instagram... K-Roll 27 says, Die Hard. 
Of course, yep. And then John Aponic says Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, another classic right yeah. there. So uh, I'm actually not going to have a question of the week for this week because we're actually getting ready to take a couple weeks off for the new year. I know Victor got some, uh, got some, you know, good things happening. He's got a birthday coming up, an yep. anniversary coming up. Yep. Yeah, don't ask me why I remember that date. <laughs> that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Plenty of great things, man. We're taking a two week hiatus for the ha- for the holiday season, holidays and New Year. Yeah, but we'll be back. Yep, we'll be back in 2019. Lots of guests coming. Lots of guests coming up. Um, lots of subjects coming up. Yep. So um, yeah. So once again, you can shout out our sponsor. Yes, studio headphones. That's right. All you got to do, we ain't got that much time left. So if you want to get somebody the perfect gift, you got some studio headphones. All you got to do is just come go to studio.com and then use the promo code Cortex Podcast to get 15% off. And you no need to worry about shipping because free shipping in the USA. Exactly. And then, um, oh, you can also get your loved one a Cortex Prime t shirt. You yes. can go to wehavemerch.com and then search mm-hmm. Cortex Prime. It, yeah, search Codex Prime Podcast, and you can find us Find us there. Perfect gift for the holidays. Oh, yeah. Yep, and then also you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can listen to us on iTunes. Make sure you leave us a five-star review, Google Play. Uh, email us at CodexPrimePodcast at gmail.com. You can find our episodes on YouTube as well. I'm about to suffocate because I've been <laughs> sick for the past few days. Um, I think you got <sighs> everything. Yep, you got everything there. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, you can tune in. You can catch up on all on our backlog of episodes as well, uh, either, whether Facebook Live or on SoundCloud. So if you're taking that drive, um, especially if you're commuting in, in, during the Christmas season, seeing friends and family, throw up one of our episodes. You know, it'll be a great drive. Make sure you travel safely as well. Yes, travel safely. upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, and don't get pulled over and get a $600 ticket. <laughs> Holla at your boy, New York State. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, and uh yeah, so yeah, thank you all so much for watching and listening. Thank you for another great year uh with us on the Codex Prime podcast. Whether you've uh, listened listened to our episodes, watched us on Facebook Live, left comments, emails, um saw us in person somewhere in Rhode Island and said, "Hey, what up? Cool show." Hey, we thank you. Thank you to all of our guests as well uh that we've uh, uh that we chatted it up with uh all all year. Um, it's it's been great, man, and we're gonna have another uh, great year where we're putting events coming soon. You're gonna see, yes. you're gonna see us out and about a lot. Shout outs to our new on-field correspondent, friend of the show, Afton Ward. She's gonna be yep. joining us, so you're gonna see her out and about as yep. well as myself. You know. Oh yeah, and and also uh, we're also approaching uh, next uh, May. We're gonna be approaching our fourth year on the Codex Prime podcast. It's been four? Almost four. Shut up. Yeah, since twenty eight since since twenty fifteen. May twenty fifteen, man. Yeah. yeah. Cause even then I was even I did for all four years. I just came like eleven episodes later. Yeah. Eleven sporadic episodes later and we on one forty seven. Yeah, man. Yeah, so uh we're just uh three episodes away from episode one fifty. So that'll be in January, February. It'll be in January. Yeah. <laughs> <It'll be laughs> So yeah, man. So yeah, man. Bob. So yeah, thank you all for another great year. Uh, 
That's all I got to say here. So as always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.